Sound great. We're live. We are live. Oh, let, me, let me adjust that camera real quick. All right. So, decided to stop slouching. <laughs> well, you have great form, I'm, I must say. I have good form and bad form. Yeah. I like balance. I, I definitely like balance too. I have. Oh, who's that? Hell yeah. uh, that's my boy. What's up, John? So, um, yeah, I, dude, I'm super excited for this podcast. It's been a, a weekend of just like fitness overload on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday I had this girl on who's training for a bikini competition, like I told you, and, uh, that was an exciting show. Um, and then now today your show. So, um, in your, you're nice and jacked and staring at me with this awesome, <laughs> awesome form. So, Anyways, let's get into your story, your journey, your uh, your fitness journey a little bit. Tell me about that. My fitness journey? Yeah. Tell me where you came from. Um, where I came from, I've been lifting on and off since I was about 15 years old. Uh, I started for football uh, to get better at football, and then it kind of just turned into a passion. Um, I wanted to quit football in high school, so I was like, I just want to lift now. Um, and I did my first bodybuilding show, I think, around six, 16 or 17 years old. Um, but then as I, uh, went through life, I always had a, um, problem with food, like food addiction, video game addiction. So I'd always fall in and out of fitness. Um, so I'd get really fit and then I'd fall back into just playing a crap load of video games, eating a crap load of food. Um, and then, uh, I got to the point where. Um, in my twenties, I like, I completely stopped lifting for a while for like three years. And, um, I finally like got back into it and I'm a pretty obsessive person. I, uh, <laughs> I do things to an extreme limit and I wanted to get back into bodybuilding and I just wanted to be the best. I wanted to be the biggest and I wanted to be a professional. So not using my brain to its fullest capacity, um, I started going way too hard, way too quickly. Um, so later in my teens, I was very strong and very big. I stopped lifting for a while. And that, that muscle and that tissue, even though it shrinks, it doesn't completely go away. Um, and then when I was about, I think like 24 or so, I get back into lifting and, um, I just start getting strong and big, super, super quick. And uh, my squat has always been um, my strongest, my strongest point. And uh, when I got back into squatting, the first week I started squatting. Um, so this is yeah, mid twenties. This is like before my injuries, or it's leading up to my injuries. Um, I. Uh, the first week I started squatting again, I could barely squat 225. And then let me go back again a little bit. So like when I was 19, 20 years old, I could squat almost like 500 pounds. Like I have big legs, big <laughs> legs. I'm built like my lower body is very, very built. And uh, so the first week is 225. 
And then the second week I go to squat again, muscle memories kicking in. I'm eating a lot of food. I'm back up to like 315 in a week, like reps. And uh, the next week, the third week, I'm back up to 405. And I'm just killing it, killing it. And I was training before I started squatting. Again, I was training legs. I just wasn't squatting. So I was still like doing leg extensions, curls, leg press. I just wasn't squatting yet. And then when I got back in squatting, I started getting strong as hell. And then in that same week, that third week, I put 405, 450 on the bar. And I was like, because 405, I did like 12 times. I was like, holy shit, I'm getting strong as hell. I'm just going to do this. I'm going to go all out. I put 450 on there. And as I'm going down with the bar, it's clean. It feels good. And as I'm coming up, my leg just goes, boom, pop loud pop you could i could feel it through my whole body like it got felt like i got hit by a truck from my feet to the top of my head and i just come down with the weight the bars are set up so it caught the weight and i come down and like people with headphones on across the gym could hear the pop before i even dropped the weight through the headphones it was loud and um my boy that was spotting me at the time was freaking out like what do i do what do i do i'm like I went into like shock instantly. My my leg wouldn't move. I was in excruciating pain, just screaming. And uh, they call he calls the ambulance. I get taken to the hospital and um, ended up rupturing my quad. I like a complete rupture right off the kneecap. Like rolled rolled it all the way up my leg. Mm-hmm. And um, basically. I went to uh, surgery the next day. They tried to send me home. I was like, when I say I was in pain, like I was in pain 24, like the pain I felt was unimaginable. And uh, they're trying to send me home. I was like, I, there's no way. There's no like I was flipping out, freaking out. So they put me into surgery. And, um, I go home, I get sent home after like three or four days in the hospital. And uh, that's kind of like where this journey kind of started. Um, so I got put on a bed rest in like the first two weeks. You might, you mind if we get, you might get a little dark here. That's fine. No, you're fine. Um, so the first two weeks of that injury, maybe like even the month, but the first two weeks was the, the worst. So we put up, we put a bed in that living room. So I couldn't do anything. Like I was done, done. I lost my independence. Um, like I couldn't do anything alone. The risk of re-injury my legs were so big and so massive that like, and only like sutures were holding my quad back together. So oh any, any kind of little, flex of the muscle could literally rip right through those sutures and re-injure myself. So I was on like, I lost my my independence. So I was laying in the bed in excruciating pain on oxys and norcos and um, couldn't sleep. Probably like an hour a night I'd sleep. And uh, got to the point where, you know, my family was there for the first couple of weeks, but after a while, you know, that stuff kind of faded away. And, uh, and then my girlfriend at the time had to go back to work. So 
I'm like laying there on drugs alone at home and uh, just in pain 24-7. And it gets to the point where like I'm laying in this bed. It was that night. It was like the third weekend, I think. And uh, I was like, I have my little table set up next to me with uh, my paper, my little paper, my schedule paper for my season, my Norcos and stuff. So I didn't forget when I was taking taking them because I, I had like no memory from no sleep to be on the drugs. And um, when I was laying there one night, I was just like, man, I'm done. I'm fucking done. Like, I can't eat. People have to like, bring me food. I can't go get my food. People have to help me go to the bathroom. People have to help me do everything. And then now it's like I sit here alone all the time. Like my friends kind of deserted me. Like, I had one friend visit me twice. Um, and uh, I'm just like, you know, laying there at this. Like, I'm done. I'm done. I, like, grab the pills. Like, all the pills. I grab them. I'm laying there, and I, like, get ready. I'm ready to take them. Like, literally seconds away from just chucking all these pills down my, down my throat. Uh, <laughs> Because I thought, I thought like, my identity at the time was wrapped into just wanting to be big and then also losing all of that. And then my finances were being drained, going to bills and stuff. And I just thought I was over. And then, um, this is something, like, then my, like, it was funny because my dog at the time, like, jumped up on the bed and, like, put her head on the chest. And I'm like laying there with these pills in my head. I'm like looking at the pills, looking at my dog, looking at the pills, and looking at my dog. And then I get this like almost like this feeling, or like this, like not not like a voice, but this like intuition's like, just hang on, just hang on. And I'm just like laying there and I'm just like, I can come today. Yeah, you can say whatever you want. Like, I'm like, fuck. So I'm like laying there and I like throw the pills on the ground. I push the table over and I just kind of ride out the rest of the night in pain. I say, fuck this shit. And then when my, when my uh, girlfriend at the time woke up, I was like, hey, I don't know how, but I, I knocked the table over. Um, can you, uh, but. I came to the realization I don't I don't want to take the oxygen or the Norco's anymore. Can you get me like a dab pen and some ibuprofen and I'm gonna I'm gonna just ride the pain out with that stuff? Because the oxys and the Norcos, I found that like especially at night were adding to like feeling the depression, feeling the negative energy of just laying there. So I figured if I got off of those, it would kind of help combat those feelings. Um, and then eventually I get back into, um, and at the time, and at the time, like what I've been finding out is like when that injury happened, I was thinking about Taylor. What does Taylor want? Taylor just wants to be big. It's all about me, 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 me. So once I get back up on my feet, I start learn. I had to relearn how to walk. Um, I go through the therapy, learn how to walk again. Um, my therapist was great. She was awesome. Um, it's that like she follows me on Facebook, I think. And we still chat from time to time. Um, 
and then I get back. Uh, so I'm like zeroed out financially. I could like still barely walk. And then my friend at the, um, my, my friend that was a manager at this car dealership was like, Hey bro, like you want to come sell cars? We'll pay you a salary plus commission. Um, and he's like, you don't have to do a whole lot. Or, you know, you could sit up. It's a lot of desk work and stuff. So your, your leg will be fine. I'm sure. And I was like, it gave me the opportunity to put money back in my account, kind of recover. So I was going through therapy while I was selling cars. And then nine, so I was getting back to lifting, finally getting back to like, I would start jogging a little bit here and there. Even I do not run. I hate, I hate, 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 hate running. <laughs> but since when you don't, when you can't walk, you tend to like, oh my gosh, I can move. So like while I was on the car lot, I was, you know, jog here and there a little bit. So I was getting some movement back, getting my mobility back. But then I started getting back into the same old stuff, like the lifting and being centered around myself. And one day I was selling a car. This was like during the winter and I was walking across the... <laughs> This is my luck. This is my luck. I was walking across the parking lot at the dealership um, after trying to get a deal done. And this was after we closed. Everyone was gone. I was like the last person there. And I'm walking across the car dealership parking lot. And I slipped on a patch of ice. And I twisted in a way that tore my MPFL, a ligament. I hold your kneecap into place on the same knee and tore my quad or ruptured my quad. When I'm like sprawled out on the ice, I can't get up. I had to call my manager, my friend that got me the job, like come back and get me up. We go to the hospital and um, long story short, they're like the doctor's just like, you're not gonna like this bro. I like after the x-rays and everything, I was like, what? He's like, you're gonna need another surgery. He's like, it looks like you tore your MPFL. And I was like, word. <laughs> like, just, like no reaction he's like you seem pretty stoic about it and i was like when you went through what i just went through dude like this stuff's a joke i was like this is just a joke it's a sick joke i was like <laughs> i was like i just had to deal with it i guess so i go through that healing like i go through that process and then at the time of that um going through recovering from that injury um my mom ended up getting taken off the prescription medication uh incorrectly and ended up with um apathesia and serotonin syndrome and uh, yeah things got really really bad what is that what is that it's um i don't quite know how to explain it that well um but these ssris um if you're taken off of them incorrectly can wreck your nervous system right and like cause a bunch of problems from physical to mental and then if you're off of them for a certain amount of time you can't go back or else they'll fry your nervous system which she was put back on in the incorrect window which caused the serotonin to grow like like brighter nervous system so then i had to like take my mom in to my house and i had to take over the family business we have a pizza shop at the time when i could barely put 2500 steps in on my leg so um 
when that happened and I started seeing stuff from my mom that people probably shouldn't see from their mom, like emotionally and physically and stuff like that. Like it was really dark, it was really bad. And um, so, and then I was taking over this business I didn't want to be in. So I would work, do my thing, and I'd come home and I'd put myself back into the video games and the food. And this was like during the pandemic. So I was just literally working, come home, game, eat a bunch of edibles to get high as hell. (laughs) (laughs) And then eat a bunch of food and pass out and just repeat that. And to the point where I was 287 pounds, fat, sloppy. And um, one day I woke up and um, I was like, was looking in the mirror and I was like, Taylor, what did you do, bro? This is not you. You got titties. And the fat is going over your, your dick, bro. Like, what the fuck? Like, this ain't you. It's not how you see yourself even as a kid. But like, this is my self talk. How old were you? How old was I? I was at that time. Like, like a year and a half ago. No um, shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, 26. Um, so I'm like looking at myself in the mirror and that picture I sent you like for the thumbnail like that was the day I was like I gotta get my life right so I started um, just slowly working back towards my fitness but there were a lot of things wrong with me internally with like how I was raised as a kid, how I was taught to as a kid from certain things, certain people and certain things, certain scenarios. So like I had a lot of self-worth problems. Um, And that wasn't something that you had ever dealt with. I mean, I thought I did like, but I was so unaware, bro. Like, I was so unaware. I thought I like thought I worked through all these issues, and I never even like actually worked through the issues. So like how, this, how did you think you worked through the issues? Like, what did you did you, you do anything? You bury them. Just bury them. Bury them. Yeah. It's a tough man thing to do, right? Bury them down. Until, <laughs> like you're so they're so deep that you don't even know that you have them. Anymore. Right. Right. That's kind of where I was at. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people do. That. I did that. Yeah. I. Yeah. Th- I th- it's common. It's very common. Um, I, I think a lot of dudes do that because it's like you're not supposed to feel feelings as a man and stuff like that. But everyone has feelings. It's just how you manage your feelings. You don't let them overtake you. Right. You work through them. So how, so what did you do once you realized that you hadn't worked through these issues? What was the... Well, so, at, so at first... So let me backtrack. So at first, I, it started as losing the weight again. So just kind of slowly taking it out. And then I wanted to become something. Like after I got, like after I became a leader at the pizza shop, I wanted to like be a man. You know, because I was never like, I was always like led by people. I was always like thought of myself as like not that dominating person that leader but the pizza shop i'm thankful for that opportunity 
um, with what happened with my mom because it put me in a position where I had to make decisions. I had to be a leader. I had to do things that I couldn't ask anybody. It was me, like sink or swim, you know? So what was that transition like? Was it easy? Was it difficult? Um, I don't know. It's, I didn't really think about it. It was like, I just, just had, did it. I just had to. Like, it was just something that just had to happen. So it was like, it wasn't anything that was like, there, I felt like there was no transition. It was just like, I just got dropped in it. Like, boom, there you go. The butt, bro. <laughs> like, God, the universe is just like, here, I'm going to test you to see what you're made of. And it's just like, so when I started on this journey, it was like, it was less about, just becoming fit it was more of like becoming that person outside of work while being fit. And I was trying to be a leader and do all these things. And um, as I was doing that and getting into shape and becoming a leader and wanting to be the man um, while I was in my relationship, um, I don't want to speak bad on anybody, but at the time my, my girlfriend did not see me as that. She seen me as beneath her, um, but my track record, I mean, I can't, can't really argue with that. Like, how am I going to change someone's perspective if I wasn't performing in certain areas or certain aspects? Um, yeah. Some people don't trying. want, some people don't want you to be better too. Yeah. I, I don't think that was so too much the case because we still, we still talk and stuff. That's cool. And she like, she wants to see me win. It's just like out. It was so long that I wasn't that, that she couldn't just see me as that in the relationship. So it got to the point where one day it's like we're in a seven year relationship and we have a lot of stuff together. And one day, like, I'm trying to make this change. And it's like, I'm going against this wall. It's like something stopping me, something blocking me. And like, I identified I'm not going to be able to do what I'm set out to do in this relationship. So I literally packed a bunch of trash bags in my clothes and I moved into my mom's trailer. And then that's where the process of becoming the man I wanted to become started. So it started off again in fitness, but after having the opportunity of leading the pizza shop, it, that bled into another area of my life. And then when I couldn't push that any further where I was currently at, I had to put myself basically in a new position where it was like, because I was safe in my relationship. I was safe in the house. I was like, I had all the comforts. So then I basically took myself and I threw myself in the middle of the ocean. Hmm. Like sink or swim, kind of like what happened with the pizza shop. I moved into um, my mom's in a, in a fucking trailer. And I literally, so like when um, I started discovering like certain interactions with people, um, I started noticing like these, like I would have a girl, like I'd hang out with a girl and then all of a sudden, like I'd have these weird anxieties for no reason. And I was like, that. I like that the those pain points I started identifying. I was like, what's going on here? Because this makes no sense. And um I started identifying like 
I had a bunch of internal issues, what we were talking about earlier. Like I suppressed all these issues and they were along the lines of like abandonment type of issues. And uh, so the process of dealing with the emotions, like a lot of people talk about therapy. Um, I never really did therapy. I don't, therapy might work for some people. Um, but I personally believe that your body and your brain doesn't really know the difference between you talking about your issues versus you just feeling them and then working through them. Hmm. So basically, I just um, work through my emotions by feeling them, like letting myself feel my, like whatever had to come out. I think, I want to stop here. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, for most people, most people don't know what they're feeling. Uh -huh. And so that's what therapy helps. That helps kind of like, make the, it helps them realize like okay that's what i'm feeling and this is how i should handle it okay i think that's what therapy does for most people okay. and you know because like talking about your issues like some people just need to talk to somebody in order to realize like what the situation's about okay you know i don't yeah. know yeah that makes sense because i basically did that with myself i like laid in i isolated myself from everybody yeah like, so when i left i like i got to the point where like after i identified these issues I literally just isolated myself. So I went back to, it was just work, gym, work, gym, work, gym. And then I would sit in the room at my mom's and just write and like a journal, journal and dig deep inside of like trying to ask myself why, 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 why. When I had this, you know, like I would just ask myself over and over. What did you find when you did that? What's that? When, when you were journaling, like what kind of things did you find? What did, what did you realize um, about yourself? I just had like um, abandonment issues behind um, uh, just being adopted, I guess, from my my biological father not being in my life, um, and then like, and then also self worth problems with um, people talking to me a certain way uh, with my learning disabilities. So in school, when I was a young kid. I had a teacher first through third grade, basically. So I had dyslexia, ADHD, and I couldn't learn how to read. Like, I could not read first through third grade, like below kindergarten reading level. And she would constantly, those three years, like, you're stupid. You're, you're oh, stupid. Gosh. You're dumb. You're never going to graduate. You'll never amount to anything. So, like, as a kid, you're being instilled and indoctrinated with. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. And then in my family environment, um, I have had certain, not not my siblings, not my parents, um, but in the, like, when we get Christmases, vacations, any kind of bigger family gathering of other family members, you're not blood, you're not Italian, mm. you don't belong. And, like, you don't look Italian. I, I know. I know <laughs> Um, and like basically be treated like a sec, like a third class fucking person. Yeah. Like, literally I get fucking bullied. And, uh, so like as a young, young kid, so I kind of care, I, I wasn't taught how to drop that stuff. So what I was unaware of is I carried that stuff through my twenties up until I was like 27 last year. So that's like, I started identifying like, oh, 
Like, because I would always say, like, oh, those things don't bother me. Those things don't bother me. And they they didn't. But they did. But <laughs> I never worked through the getting to the other side of it. Mm-hmm. So I was stuck in a paradigm of being that, like, seeing myself as, like, not good enough. But I buried it so deep that I was unaware that I actually viewed myself like that. If that makes any sense. Yeah. It's like I kind of, like, brushed it off and then, like, told myself. But I never really, like, did the work to be able to do that. So um, basically that just came from identifying those things. And then I just took action um, to solidify, like, I was good like i was good enough i was worthy and i started getting results a big thing was like the gym i started getting results in the gym real results not not like what i would lift in the past it was like i was so focused on the exterior just becoming big just becoming lean and then this time around i was like how can i change myself my internal state and then operate based off of how I, how I am, how I am internally, and then let that kind of flow into life, and then watch my exterior change. So as I started changing the paradigm within, and then started letting the, and then started taking the actions more naturally instead of force, it just opened up this gateway of like, holy shit, bro. The whole time, you you've been a bad motherfucker. And you didn't even know, dude. Like, holy cow. Um, but it and that there has been some like that was a journey too, because there's a couple times like I fell off for a little bit. Um and then I'll get back on. And then since I was always into gaming or bodybuilding as a younger person, I never I hardly ever went out. Ever. So there's like a period of time for a couple months, a few months where I was going out. A lot like going out to the bars going out and like doing dumb shit with people but i was still like so i was in toastmasters which is a public speaking club um that was at like 7 30 a.m so like if i was out till four or five o'clock in the morning doing dumb shit i would still go to toastmasters because like i was more dedicated toasted to, you'd go so toasted. i would go toasted. <laughs> there was one time i'm pretty sure i was still toasted right? <laughs> and um so like i'd still show up at toastmasters um and i was just dedicated to just becoming the individual so what it turned into after i started changing myself internally is and then we're kind of all over the place no you're good um you're good. and then being so changing myself internally and then being at my mom's so i'm going to backtrack quite a bit is when I went to my mom's what I did was I wrote out I wrote down who I wanted to be who Taylor who I pictured myself as a greater the bet the better version of myself that I needed as a kid the person that I needed when I was laying in that bed the person I needed when I get bullied in high school and spit while blown at me. what did you write down um, I wrote down, um, basically, um, how I wrote out how I would present, how, how people would perceive me 
So from how I carried myself throughout my day, like how, when you said, oh, you, your posture is really good. I wrote that out. Like I wrote out that I would have good posture. People would view me as a leader um, through how I carried myself. I would move in like an eloquent way, uh, for sure way. Like the way I move is precise and accurate. And I, it looks like I know where I'm going. Um, the confidence I have that I've instilled in myself. Um, I wrote that out. Um, I would have supreme confidence in myself. I would have um, dropped my insecurities, have no insecurities. Be So how secure I was within myself. All the way down to um, being um, at, I wrote out, muscular, lean, athletic. So it's like muscular, lean, athletic. Look at those arms. Yeah. We got to put some focus on those. Look at that. That's insane. Yeah. So <laughs> I wrote that. I wrote this all out. Um, when I left to my mom's, I wrote this all out. And then I started walking into alignment with becoming this. And um, now after like, what was and what was that process like after you wrote that down and then you started focusing on the steps that you needed to take what steps what were some of the first steps that you did take um i mean because you said you started walking in alignment with your goals obviously so, so like, my aware so this did, was a long process of becoming aware always is but did you set yeah. like small goals leading up to no it? i um, said no goals no goals you no just goals. started just started doing it so i wrote this out as many times until basically it got like the image got burned in my head and then i stopped like i burned the image like i visualized how i wanted to look my eye even my eye contact with people i wrote i wrote it all out you know one thing that you do that i really like is when you're when you're talking you don't like stumble like if you're about to like stumble over what you are trying to say you stop you take a minute and you think about it mm -hmm. I don't know if that's something you've worked on, but I like that. I think that's a natural thing with me. I think my dyslexia affects how I speak. So I have to stop to regather my uh, my words and then keep speaking. Yeah. It's like I, I will keep stumbling over my words if I don't do that. I think it's important to do. Yeah. I, I like that. And I'm confident enough to like, I'm going to gather my thoughts. If I need to sit here for a minute and just be like, I'll do that shit. <laughs> um, so basically, I wrote this all out a year ago. Um, is when I wrote it out. So it's been a while, like over, just over a year and a half. But when I got to my mom's, I wrote it all out. And in the beginning, it was just I burned the image in my head and then just live my life. So work, work out, work, work out. And I didn't really focus on doing too much other than just trying to not, not even necessarily do that, but just go about my life with that image in my head. So I wasn't even trying to walk in alignment yet. I was just going about my life. And then um, with the image in my head, and then I started reading a couple books, um, one of which was The Alchemist, which I think was a big, a big turning point for me. Um, when I read The Alchemist, it kind of like opened up my eyes because like things started when I started doing this, things in my life started happening for me, like weird things that never happened for me. 
Um, like people that came into my life, events that were happening were like happening for me now instead of like to me. And I was like, what the heck is going on here? And I like read this book called The Alchemist and it like talks about the journey and the process of um, of life and how uh, the universe or God kind of like while you're on your journey, when you're walking towards your purpose, puts things in your path for you, whether they're good or bad. Like I've had shit happen in this journey as well, and uh, and it teaches you how to handle those situations. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like as I started kind of becoming, and that kind of opened my awareness to this journey. Um, and then over, I'd say now, like over the last since December is when I got very, very serious about. The, uh, I don't even want to say the goals, but then I got, I became a lot more aware of if I walk, if I consciously focus on working, walking in alignment with that person I'm becoming instead of just walking with the image in my head, I started realizing that these things happen a lot faster than you can even imagine. So if you've seen videos, I make, because I started making videos and posting them every day. Um, I got a lot more serious about my diet, a lot more serious about my training, <laughs> dropped all the vices I was uh, still kind of dabbling in. What were the vices? Um, like drinking and uh, uh, weed. Okay. Drinking weed. And then um, I was like riding the line of getting back into food. Like it, that like I was like teeter-tottering. And then, um, and then also like video games were always like in the back of my mind too. It's like I was just walking this fine line of being this or being that. And then when like December hit and I after these things started happening to me and I was like passing these tests, I was like, what if I just like focus more just um, focus more on becoming this person and then just do a bunch of actions with the framework of like I'm this person. And then literally from December till now, my like it took a while, but March, I think around March hit, and it like hit this like exponential change. You could see in my videos, I think it was like March 4th, went from like a certain level of video to like next level tailored. It was like the alignment just starts hitting faster. And then you, as you um what's the word? reinforce that that person and you gain the confidence things just start happening at a much faster rate than you can even imagine that's but, a really interesting point because that's the idea of like limiting belief right like, like if you have like a limited belief in yourself that oh i'm not this person i'm not going to be that person or it's going to take a lot of work to become this person then that's a limiting belief mm -hmm. because you're you're do almost doubting yourself in a sense um, like this podcast, for instance, when I started this podcast, like I'm, I'm looking at like some of the big podcasters, I'm like, man, I'll never be like Joe Rogan or I'll never be like this person. I'll never be like that. I'm never, I'll never be good enough to talk like that. But then like, as time goes on, I continuously do them and get better and better at it and start having better, not better guests, but big, you know, bigger guests or even like, uh, more interesting guests or more interesting stories or like find different ways to make it interesting, find different ways to share people's stories. Um, 
you eventually become that person. Mm-hmm. And then you look back at, man, I, I came so far. Like I've made so much progress since that, since that moment that yeah. you decided that you were just all in. Mm-hmm. And then not only that, now that reinforces that because you're on your journey. Yeah. You can go even more. Right. And then more. Right. And more. And how, how much faster can you do it? Right. How much better can you do it? Is, um, to add on to that self-limiting belief, uh, you're completely right. So why can't you? Why can't you be better than that? You can. Yeah. Yeah. You can always be better. I don't. I don't subscribe to that. When but, people say that, oh, I can't do that, or I'll never be that, or like I, I can never do a podcast, or I can never public speak. Like you could. Yeah. That was my dude. My framework. I used to operate off of. I could even. I could never. It would be hard for me to do small tasks like pay a bill. Because how limited my, like, how limited my mind was, how hard I would think tasks were. Like, getting a, um, I needed a new birth certificate for months. But I always thought the tasks were so hard. So I limited myself mentally. I can't do that shit. You you just (laughs) walk in and get the fucking thing. Like, what the fuck? So it's like, okay, so you identify that. How many more areas are you doing that in now? Right. Yeah. Are you doing that in your fitness? Are you doing that in your business and your money? What what other are you doing that in your relationships with people? Are you doing that taking a risk on yourself? Yeah. I had the a moment like that the other morning. I woke up uh to go for a run, got ready, and I wake up at three forty five in the morning. So it's like cold. That's and, everything. Really? For real. Yeah. <laughs> so I woke up at three forty five in the morning to go for a run and stepped outside and it was pouring rain. I'm like, oh, man, four. So yeah, usually I'm like out at, for my run at like four o'clock in the morning or I'm down here doing the elliptical at four o'clock in the morning, but I stepped outside, it's raining and I'm like, man, I should just turn around and go inside and do the elliptical instead. But then I thought, what would David Goggins do? He would tell me to get get my bitch bitch side out and and go do it. And so I, I just I did it. I went and ran and I felt amazing. I was drenched, but it felt great. And uh, yeah, it's like that limiting belief that you know you should just. It, it's the it's the idea that you want to seek comfort too. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you always will like lean towards wanting to just be comfortable. Yeah, and it never really goes away. You just get better at managing. Right. That's it's like, point. I still have it too. Because um, there's days, because I post my wake up time every day. Like people know, people watch. Yeah. It's so like there's days I will literally, most days I'm, I'll, I'm laying in my bed. I'm like <laughs> so comfortable. And the alarm, sometimes even before the alarm. I literally am laying flat and I'm out of my bed in ha- like less than half a second. I literally launch myself out of my bed. You have to. I just start going. Like, <laughs> you have to. There's no like no other way. If you lay there too long, you're like, oh, this is so cozy. I can just go back to bed. And then there, I mean, and then there's other mornings where it's like kind of like with your analogy, there's mornings like this morning I when I woke up because I got back from Vegas Thursday night and I've been going off like an hour and a half to two hours of sleep Oof. for like the last few days and last night i think we got four hours and i was like laying there this morning i was like oh, i don't want to get up 
And then I'm like lying there, I'm like, don't do this, bro. Like people are watching, and that's the thing too. Um, so like I squashed that, I got up, and then when I got moving, I, I started doing cardio and I, I feel great. What do you do I'm, for cardio? Because you don't I, run, so no, I, I like the bike, um, like a air bike. So like the whatever bike is at the gym. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the pedal bike at the gym. I like because you can put the um because you can kind of mimic running on that with low impact on your knees. Right. Yeah. So like I like to do that. And then um today I walked on a treadmill a little bit too on the incline. Okay. Um but also with me putting myself out there with my wake up time and people singing. There have been so many people that like reach out to me and like say thank you for what you do or they'll like say something that how i inspired them to be better and i had a a dude this young guy at the gym uh, a couple weeks ago and um this is a saturday morning and i'm working out doing legs and i was smashing legs i was about like three quarters of the way through my workout and i'm like sitting there and i'm just like i go hard i go hard i'm sitting there and i'm just like and this dude's walking up to me, and I can tell he's going to talk to me. I was like, man, <laughs> I'm like, no, Taylor. I was like, you're not like that. It's like, chill out. It was like, he comes up to me, and it ends up being someone I knew. I kind of know. I talked to him a few times when I used to work out at Planet Fitness. And um, he comes up to me, and, I, and then I recognize him. I'm like, oh, I know this guy. And then he goes, hey, man. He goes, I know we don't talk a lot. He's like, I met you, you know, at Planet Fitness, and uh, he's like, I've been following a lot of your stuff on uh, social media, and he's like, I just want you to know that I'm here this morning because of you. Mm -hmm. You inspired me to be better. And I was sitting there, bro, and I almost, like, I almost started crying. Like, I had to, like, sit back and, like, pull back my tears. That's so powerful. Yeah, and then, like, I stood up, like, we shook hands, and I was like, I appreciate you. Like, tell me that, dude. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, that, there's something that, like, you know, it's motivating for, like, you're doing something motivating that's helping other people be motivated, right? Mm -hmm. Like, by posting your workouts, posting um, your wake-up time, and posting that you're at the gym. But then, like, you're still kind of, like, going through that process of, like, man, I don't really don't want to do this. Or even, like, this is difficult. Like, it's a struggle. Even though you're you're posting those things, it's still hard. It's yeah, not like it's, it's not easy. easy. But when somebody tells you like, hey, man, like you inspired me or you motivated me, that's so powerful because it gives you that little extra. It's like, now, yeah. So when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, people are almost like, I don't want to say counting on me, but no, people like, are counting on you for sure. Like, I need to show up for these people. This isn't about Taylor anymore. This isn't yeah. about me. This is about the people I want to inspire because that's what ha that's what has happened with me actualizing the person that I wrote down and I become what I needed. And it, that's still like, I'm still making iterations and I'm still improving myself. Um, but I'm to the point where I've advanced so far and who I used to be and who I am now and what society, like average people in society, um, I might not have materialized much yet, but as an individual, um, I feel like I I exceed quite a bit of people, and it's like 
I become this person from being so low, from like wanting to take my life to being this and loving my life, myself and my life so much now. Well, and you, you practice what you preach. Yeah. You know, like you're inspiring these people, but it's not like you are fat and lazy. No. Like you're completely, I mean, you're jacked. Dude, yeah. you got veins popping out right now. Thank you. And so people see that and people see that you wake up at four o'clock every morning and or 345 and that you're at the gym and that you're, you're getting after it first thing in so, the morning. So you're, you're practicing what you preach. And that's so important for somebody who wants to inspire and motivate other people. Yeah. And now I want to like give myself to other people because I want other people to do what I do. Mm. I want people to improve themselves i want to get i want to be the example that someone else can do this too because it's like this feeling that i have even though like doing the hard shit instills something inside you like that i i can't even explain that's resilience but yeah the confidence the resilience the grit the tenacity well, and one, one thing I also realized, too, is that when you decide that there's no excuse, you're going to work out, you're going to do it, it kind of do, it does something to your brain. Like, it does something to you mentally to where, like, now all the other bullshit in life won't affect you as much, you know, because you're, you're disciplined, you're dedicated, you have goals, like, you have a purpose uh -huh. in life. Whereas, like, if you didn't have that, then somebody speaking to you or somebody cutting you off in traffic like will affect you you know people get depressed like like immensely you were depressed before you you yeah. got in shape and are you depressed now no i mean yeah. i have my moments where like i get sad or yeah. something but it's like no like i feel i feel on fire most of the time and then that also comes from like when you're in the gym, that bleeds. Oh, you made a good analogy there. When you're out and about in your life, that bleeds into other areas of your life. Yeah. So I took the mindset around lifting and I inject it into my work at the pizza shop. So now, like when I'm working at the pizza shop, whatever task I'm doing, I'm focusing on doing it the best that I can. Mm, I love that. Like, and I, and then I re. So this is a good, uh, this is a good mindset hack for you guys listening if you listen to this this far so basically any task you're doing whether you like to do it or not constantly reinforce positive self-talk behind the task so if i'm rolling out a pizza dough and i don't really want to roll out a pizza dough i'm telling myself i'm the best at rolling out this pizza dough i'm going to do it the best I'm going to do it the best of my ability and I'm going to every single time. And then when I'm doing dishes, I'm going to do the dishes as best as I can every single time. And when you reinforce this positive self-talk behind everything you're doing, it literally flips your negative mind state from a, like a depressed state into a positive state. Cause you're building, you're habitually building a habit of pop, like a positive um, internal environment within yourself. And that literally expands. It starts internally, but then it like once you cultivate that internally, it starts expanding externally into your life. Yeah, in every aspect. Yeah, it bleeds into everything. Yeah, and um, yes, it does. <laughs> I love. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, so many. And it, it that's one thing that it really bothers me. Um, you know, like. I, 
at work. I, I posted the other day on Facebook. I said, um, uh, <laughs> I said, being union uh, incentivizes mediocrity. And it's in that post doesn't mean I'm anti-union. It doesn't mean that I hate unions. It doesn't mean that anything negative necessarily. What it means is that being union and being a part of a union, people don't want you to go above and beyond. They want you to just be mediocre because everybody gets paid to do the same thing. And so if you start doing something extra, they're like, hey, whoa, 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 don't do that. That's not your job. And so it incentivizes everybody to just be mediocre, not to be great. Don't do, don't do above and beyond. Just, just do the bare minimum. Just do the bare minimum because then they're, they're not going to pay you more to do that. So why would you do it? I got so much hate for it. <laughs> I see that in the comments, and I'm like, "Oh my god, so many, so many crabs in the bucket." It, it made me realize that um, maybe, people don't understand like what that actually means because you yeah. don't, like you said, you don't. It's not like you oppose unions, but maybe you just oppose how they operate. Yeah, well, for sure, oppose the, 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 the system can be big. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, that's a whole other subject. Right? But, you know, it's the idea behind you have this you have this force that's telling you, hey, don't don't go above and beyond. Don't do anything that more than what we tell you you should be doing. If you do anything more than that, then you're not doing your job or you're doing more than what your, your job is, is stated. Mm -hmm. So don't do that. And um, it, I think it I mean, unions are a good thing, a really good thing for, you know, like uh, equal pay and equal rights and all that stuff in the workplace. Fine. Um, but as far as like incentivizing anybody to want to do anything extra or be better than than anybody else, they they definitely do not want you to do that. So that was just kind of my point behind that. And then yeah, I got so much hate. And you can take that into life though, because people are like not just in the union. No, it's like, it's in everything. Like, it's everything. So like when I started going to the like when I go to the gym now, um, like before I started putting all of this work in, everybody was buddy buddy with me. Like everybody, even though like I was still like solid and was huge and big, but now like now I I turned like I turned way up and there's no going back. Like I turned. So I, when I go in the gym, it's like I'm working the hardest. I'm going to be the hardest worker in the gym. And ever since I started doing that, it's created a division between like. How some people see me and how others see me. Some people will see it see it as an inspiration. Some people are like, "Fuck you, dude." Why? Because they think you're trying like, to be better. No, or? no. Maybe "fuck you, dude" is the wrong thing. What ha what tends to happen, I think, with that, because um, people that hate on you, and, and I don't even see it as hate, but what it is is when people see you go from one one position to another position maybe a higher position, they see that in themselves. And it hurts them, it pains them that that's not them. They're not working hard enough. Yeah, so it's like they, so like when they see you succeeding, they they really, whether they're aware of it or not, they see that within themselves. But then that, that feeling, that yeah. pain, comes out in the form of like projected hate. Or, or not even projected hate, like just animosity it's, it's je yeah it's jealousy. jealousy yeah but it's not like but at the end of the day it's not really jealousy is it 
it, it's, it's kind of like in the form of love because they they that that's coming out as like they see that for themselves so they just don't know how to manage their emotion in that internal state right it's like all that it is the way you know i think everybody has those kind of feelings like i get those feelings um often too like you know especially if i've been slacking on something you see somebody else doing something great you're like man like that should be me why why isn't that me and then you think about it and you look at the situation for what it really is like man i'm just not doing enough i'm not actually putting the work and the time in mm -hmm. and so so they're just kind of calling you out i mean yeah essentially yeah, and right. i i yeah. recognize that so like when i see like for instance let's say somebody that i know gets a an awesome podcast guest i'm like man i need an awesome podcast guest like that why can't i have one because i didn't put the work in to try to find one mm -hmm. All I got to do is put some work in and then maybe I could find one, Yeah, you know? And so it's like, it's one of those things that like, you need to recognize those situations and then just try to change it. Make, make the, the step forward to, to better that situation, to put more work in, more if, effort, more time. If you're constantly putting in work like every single day, you don't like you hardly, you don't, I don't, I never say that to me. Well, and I you're not, I used to, you're not focused on what but, other people are doing. Yeah. Like I'm so focused on myself Yeah, that I, I don't have time. I don't even have the energy to worry about yeah. what someone else is doing. Right. Cause I'm so worried about my advancement and I'm working so hard on my advancement. I don't know anything that's going on around me other than what I'm doing. That's so important. That's so important for like achieving goals and just being better, like not focusing on what other people are doing. Because the minute you do start focusing on people, then that, that's when you you're kind of distracted from your own goals and your own purpose. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's not it's not healthy. And social media definitely does not help with that no. at all. Like I post on social media. I might watch a couple stories here and there, but I don't really watch. Yeah. I like their content. I just I post and then I get off and I do my thing. Yeah. For the most part. Um yeah, I mean that's one thing like with social media, I don't I don't generally pay attention to too much. Um like I have a friend who always asks me, he's like, Hey, uh, did you see this post that this person put up? I'm like, No. I'm like, but I'm too busy posting my own stuff. <laughs> yeah. I don't have time to look at other people's stuff. No, it's a good place to be. Yeah, because yeah, then you can just keep going and going. Right, exactly, exactly. Um, dude, we've been going for almost an hour. Yes, sir. This is insane. This is a good conversation. I mean, it feel like no, no, it never does. Um, now, what are obviously you? You said your goals are to like kind of help other people and help other people realize the potential in themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, how do you plan on uh, uh, how do you plan on doing that? So um, I plan on getting into coaching. Um, I hired a, co a coach to help me get into coaching. Basically, that call is on Tuesday, which is in two days. So that's going to help me build my product and my service. Um, what kind of coaching? Is coaching, um, like fitness or like both uh, fitness and mindset. Okay, I like mindset more than fitness because I think fitness or mindset drives everything. Mm. Yeah. Um, literally everything that like mindset will drive your fitness um but obviously i know a lot about fitness so i'm just going to take good and, and it does pay to be fit so i'll just couple the mindset with the fitness yeah because you get because they also they correlate too because being 
fit and doing those acts of going out in the morning, running, lifting, pushing yourself to the, you know, pushing your, pushing your limits physically helps with the mindset. And like, they kind of like, they almost make an infinity loop if you do it right. Yeah. Like your mindset will sharpen your body, your body will sharpen your mind. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely yeah. does. Um, that, and that's the power of discipline. Yeah. You know, that's how discipline is instilled by just doing those acts and it slowly becomes habit. Which is which is so important for mindset. Yeah. So um it'll I'll help people with fitness, um, their training, nutrition, uh counting their macros, giving them a macro diet, their training. That's um, what I need. I need a macro diet. And then a weekly coaching call for like mindset or answering any questions with fitness. Cool. And that should be hopefully within the next week. I'll be able to offer offer that. Really? Yeah. Wow. So and, and it's all. Is, will it be online? All, all online. Yeah. yeah. So like you'll do Zoom type calls with yeah. people. Okay. Um, I want to make it as scalable as possible. So I want to help as many people as possible. Cool. Because I already I already do that. And that's like why I post so much of what I post. Like I already I would just want to give value. So again, going back to, I created this person. I've basically self-actualized myself and now I want to like transcend myself. So I be, I'm in service of other people, no matter where I'm at, um, whether I'm getting paid or not. So um, if I'm in a, like if I'm walking through a grocery store and I have a conversation with somebody, um, I'll like, I start looking for a point where I can help them. Like anywhere I go, whether I'm in the gym, at the grocery store, at the pizza shop and to anywhere, anywhere I see, I can identify that I can help someone. I'm, I'm, I'm a coach without being a coach yet. Like I mean, I'm, and it's an active service, which yeah. also helps you. It's, yeah, it's all I want. And yeah, like I'm here to serve people at this point. Cause it's going back to my injuries. Every time I injured myself, I was in it for me. I was in it for me. And even though like slipping on ice, wasn't like a direct act of me um, doing something that injured myself doing something for me i was still in the process of like getting back into what i was doing for myself so i almost feel like life the universe and god kind of like pushed me into a position like dude you need to stop focusing on you and focus on how you can help other people you're not really here to just serve you. You're here to serve a higher purpose than just yourself. This is what I was talking about with the lady that was on the podcast yesterday is I, I think that's everybody's purpose in yeah. life is to help and serve other people. It is. Yeah. And I think a lot of people just don't know what that is and what that looks like and how, how to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think it's so important for humanity and especially to in today's world yeah and that's another thing i wanted um why i do what i do is because being where i was at like i was a weak i was a weak man like weak i was a bitch i was a fucking bitch and now that i've gotten to a certain point with my discipline with my work ethic with my leadership capabilities you get to a certain point where you elevate 
and your awareness like in that elevation you become aware so basically you're looking like as you as your awareness grows and you elevate you kind of your perspective kind of i don't want to say you're looking down on people but you have a wider view and you can see more so as i see more like what i see in society is basically we're almost being created into being movement. Yeah, it's everywhere. It's, in, in what aspects? In what, like, um, just like drifting so much, um, not not being a purpose, always seeking pleasure. Like, I've never had an actual strong male role model in my life. Like, my dad was always into drinking and gambling. Like, I've always had, uh, all my male role models have always been into vices, have always been distracted by women, have always, like, have never been purpose-driven, have never even talked to me about being purpose-driven. They're always seeking pleasure. And I've become, uh, since i become, like, since i become more purpose-driven and I see the difference between the two, it's almost like we're being pushed into perpetually seeking pleasure. And where you become like a, a true man, like a man, um, like and it's not even like a macho man. It's like just a man that's capable, a capable man that when business needs to be done, when you need to do something, that's a man. That's a man on a purpose. Someone you can count on. So yeah, someone you can count on. And a lot of men these days you can't count on them. They're late. They're slacking. They're overindulging in food, alcohol, women, drugs. They're sloppy. Yeah, they're sloppy. They're not sharp. They're not articulate. They let the women not, I don't want to knock on women, but they just let the women lead. Do you think all these women want to lead all of their relationships all the fucking time? Like, that's got to be exhausting. Like, I'll deliver pizza and, like, half the guys don't even, like, oh, you know, maybe you ordered it and I'm like, why don't you just order it one day, bro? Like, take, <laughs> take the burden off your shoulders. Like, why are you putting there? Like, you're still in your pajamas at, like. <laughs> My wife makes me order. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, so it's just like, maybe some, not the best examples, but. Um, well, I mean, for sure, men. But, like, they're, I, and it's even like, I even, I just feel like, there's a big push towards men being weak. Well, they for sure demonize men who are what you would consider like macho men, people who are like, like just tough and gritty. They, I'm tough and gritty. They demonize those kind of people because in the media because like you're. See, and, but that's the, so that's where I want to come into place. So like, if I got if I have to be demonized, I know I'm a good person. I know where my heart lies. Um, but I want to help these other men stand up like I stood up. Well, it's almost rewarded to be soft, right? Yeah. Like, if you um, are somebody who is undisciplined, someone who doesn't work out, somebody who doesn't, isn't goal driven, then that's okay. That's okay to be that too. That's okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I get so hard. Like, I am hard on myself. I'm tough on myself. 
But oh. like, at what point are we going to make people accountable for the it, things that they're doing? It, I mean, you, or that they're not. Is that, is that ever going to happen? Like, so where we were talking about a little bit earlier is like when you're doing the work, when some when you see someone doing the work, or when someone else sees you doing the work. And then it makes them want to do the work. Right. That's how we hold each other accountable. Is yeah. When I do the work, it's going to get you uncomfortable to the point where you're either going to just stay uncomfortable seeing what I'm doing, or you're going to do something about it. Right. So like that's what we have to do as men is kind of just stand up and start like getting getting to business on a purpose. Um, like the best ways to start is your fitness and your mindset. Like get fit. Drop, drop the weight, get fit, add muscle, get your mind right, and that bleeds over to all the other areas of your life. So, yeah. I mean, like, like when you see a video by like David Goggins, and he's like, "Yeah, I was watch, I was watching my shoes this morning. I sat there for like 15 minutes. I didn't want to put those motherfuckers on, but you know what I did? I went out for a run because I'm not a bitch." Like when you hear that, you're like, "I need to go for a fucking run." Yeah, <laughs> like, that's what I need to do. Like, it's so important to have people like that in society who are willing to, uh, I guess, be like the macho men or the gritty men who are willing to inspire other people and be vulnerable enough to share their kind of like their, it's kind of an, an insecurity, right? That you don't want to go for a run, that you're like, you had that thought that I, d I don't want to do this, but they're, they're sharing that publicly to help inspire and motivate other people. That also, I don't know if that's so much insecurity where that might be. So like David Goggins, someone's gonna most people are gonna view him as a whole different level of human. Like what David Goggins couldn't do, I can't do. So like in his point of sharing that he didn't want to go for a run is humanizing himself and showing right. showing the people that follow him, like he has the same struggles too, guys. Right. He has the same struggles too. He's not any better than anybody else he's just willing to go through that like kind of squash the bitch voice and then yeah. go with the boss voice yeah that's something that i try to do because if i go for a run in the mornings um at, at four o'clock in the morning the last thing i want to do is go for a run mm -hmm. uh, especially when it's cold and it's nasty out like i, I don't want to go for a run so when I, I do a, like a video, I'll, I'll stop halfway through my run and I'll do a video for my, my Facebook group and then I'll continue running. Um, but I try to like every morning, I try to like describe the feeling that I had when I woke up or the feeling that I had leaving to go for that run because most every single day, I don't want to do it, but I still, I try to do it, you know, like, or I, I do do it. And it's, I think for a lot of people, those moments when they when they can make those cho the choice, like should I just stay in bed or should I just get up and go for a run? Most people will always seek comfort, mm -hmm. including myself. It's just a natural thing to want to do. Yeah. And so, like, if you can kind of describe those feelings to somebody, then other people will, like associate themselves with that, and they're like, oh, okay, well, I have those same feelings too. I just need to like push myself. It's, a, it's okay to have those feelings. It's okay as long as you don't you succumb just, to them. Yeah, you push through them. <laughs> right. Through that shit. And that, that's the test, though. That's the beautiful thing. Yeah. Because that's a test. Like, that is a test given to you. Are you are you going to go through it or not? Right. And when you go through it, you pass the test. You're reinforcing confidence in yourself, credibility. Yeah. That was like talking about um, 
they made a reel before I came here talking about uh, the law of diminishing intent. It's like the moment you have an idea, um, the more time you let pass by, the less likely you're going to take the action. So like going basically that comfort zone is what's going to stop you from taking the action. You get the law of diminishing intent, then you don't go for the run. And then yeah. what happens if you don't go for the run? Now, all day long, all day long, you're in your head. Yeah. Like, fuck, I didn't go for a run. I should have went for a run. I'm lazy. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm like, like yeah. And then now, you, now, since you didn't pass the test, now you're going to have to deal with your shitty self-talk all day long. Yeah. All day long. Yeah. So you might as well, for the 10 seconds it takes to just throw your fucking shoes on and get out the door and just go and get after it once you're in the act in the action you're like i'm so glad i'm doing this and then your entire day is just amazing it, it goes so much better and what we we're talking about earlier is like when that person pulls out in front of you in traffic yeah you're, but if you have that shitty self-talk already and you didn't do it that's going to affect you now right but if you if your internal state is already positive and you're vibrating at a higher frequency because that's what it is is you put yourself in a higher state of vibration when you do that act in the morning yeah absolutely so you vibrate past that negativity but if you don't do that act you're in you're in the state you're in the vibrational state of that negativity so then when that person pulls out in front of you you're aware of it and it affects you and you get all mad and bad out so, yeah. yeah 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 no it's it's completely legit i mean it's just it makes sense though right i mean if you if you already if you wake up first thing in the morning and you have a win Im immediately you feel good about yourself and so you go into your day just feeling great and so anything that comes along with that you know that's negative you're more than likely not going to react in a way in a way where you're you, you know you might be like um I don't know. You, you're not going to be angry. You're not. Uh, you definitely could get angry, yeah, but but I think you'll be more controlled and more more thought more thoughtful about what you say and do. Right. Especially if you're doing the hack I mentioned earlier, where if you're reinforcing that positive mind state throughout your entire day, it's dude. It's so because it, what you're doing when you do that, when you're re you reinforce yourself through positive actions and then you're reinforcing yourself through positive self-talk. What you're doing is you're respecting yourself at such a high level. When someone tries to disrespect you that isn't respecting themselves, you don't even, you, you barely yeah. feel it. You don't Laugh even, it off. You, yeah, you don't <laughs> even feel it. Like yeah. I was, I was in the um, gas station a few, a couple of weeks ago and uh, this lady was, literally standing right behind me like bitching about the cash registers or the cashiers and i could like feel her breath down my neck but i take a step forward i'm like okay i'm just creating my dick and then she takes another step forward and same thing and i turn around and i go hey miss hey ma'am can uh like can we get some like personal space here i'm like i have to agree <laughs> <laughs> and she was like started oh flipping God. out fuck you motherfucker and i was just like 
you're mad, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, she, uh, and then the guy like um, finally called me up, and as I'm like checking out, she like I I went past it. Like I was already like I kind of laughed it off. I was like, this is hilarious. <laughs> like it wasn't even that big of a deal. And um, she's still barking at me, and then the, like I'm just doing my thing, and I'm like, wow, you really uh, I was like. You must be going through something. I'm sorry. I was like, I'm sorry you're having such a bad day, man. <laughs> and like, I'm still like doing my thing, put my card in the machine, and the guy's just like, dude, are you okay? I'm like, no, man, bro. And he's like, no. And I was like, yeah. I was like, I'm good, man. I was like, really? She's just having a bad time. And like, as I'm leaving, I go, I was like, have a nice. I was like, I hope you have a better day. And I, I start walking. <laughs> She got even more than I was like, <laughs> but it like you just go past that when you respect yourself at such a high level because obviously if she's talking like that she doesn't respect herself. Mm, yeah. So like you, it's almost innate. Like I didn't even have to think. Like it was such an innate um, feeling of like, wow. Like you must be having a bad day. I'm not having a good day. I'm not even gonna like respect me. Right. I I didn't even have to think about it. It was such a natural to to let someone affect you like that too gives them power over you. Yeah. You know. I feel like a lot of times like people will like force themselves almost to not react to things. But if you get how do you do that? What's that? that. Oh, you can just yeah. Um. So if you are. We were talking about like uh, how it gives people power. Yeah. So like if you if you instead of like focusing on um, instead of focusing on not letting people affect you, if you focus on affecting yourself in such a positive way, those things just don't align with you at all. So then you don't even have to spend energy on combating those things because they just don't exist basically. Right, right. Yeah, that's such a good point. Um, so when you launch this uh, coaching program, how can people sign up for it? Um, that would be if you follow my Instagram, Taylor J. Vitali, um, at Taylor J. Vitali. So my first last name, T A Y L O R, J as in Jerry, V as in Victor, I T A L E. A lot of my content gets posted on Instagram, um, and then I'll probably have my funnel through Instagram until I get like the website set up. So oh, cool, yeah, cool. And then, and then being following my Instagram, um, I post daily on my story, so you can see what I'm doing daily, what I'm eating, what, uh, what I'm doing for workouts. Almost always the same stuff. I'm super consistent, um, and then I'm I uh, post reels as inspiration. Um, and motivation for other people as well. So then that, yeah, that's all free. So, Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. The, wow. coach, the coaching out will will be charging for, um, I believe the rate's going to be like 300 a month, 750 for three months, and 20 for, or uh, 1200 for six months, and two grand for a year. Cool. Um, and then that would be mindset, macros, fitness. So you get weekly Zoom calls and then your nutrition needs and dialed into me. So sweet. And then access to to communication with me as well. So that's sweet. 
That's what I did. I'm always here. I'm, I'm always here for people. So, I mean, even if you just were to follow me, and then if you ever have questions, I'm always here to answer people's questions, um, to help inspire and motivate people. Um, and if you're a dude that is down and out, know that that's not, you're not stuck there. Um, you can overcome a lot of shit. So if you feel like you're down and out, you can get to the other side and you, be, you can become the man that you want to become, that you need to become. And then you can also give that man to other people. So I inspire you, if you are down and out, start taking positive actions. Start following people that can feed your mind some inspirational stuff to get going and then just get after it. That's all you have to do. Don't think about it. Stop thinking. We think too much. We just have to get going and get doing the actions that we need to take. Dude, that's awesome. I love it. Thanks for doing this podcast. This was a lot of fun. We'll definitely have you back again. I love you back. No, oh, you will be for I, sure. I'm grateful for this opportunity. So I, I want to say thank you. Um, can I tell the story real quick about yeah. how I got here? So this is kind of yeah. crazy how I got here. It is pretty crazy. Okay. So I make these reels. <clears throat> I make these reels on uh, Facebook, Instagram mostly. And uh, one day I was posting about being seeking discomfort. You need to seek discomfort to get growth. To become a better, a better person, a better individual. And at, after I posted this video, I'm driving out. I'm driving out of a parking lot, and I'm driving my car, and it like stuff keeps going wrong in it, and I keep having to get it repaired, and I have to keep getting it fixed. And I don't want to spend my money to get a new car. I can, but I'm uncomfortable spending my money. And then I had a thought in my head, damn, Taylor, you just told people to be uncomfortable. But you're not willing to be uncomfortable when you're having, like, when your car keeps inconveniencing you. Because I have to keep taking time to fix it or get it fixed. You can just get a new car and you're not spending the time. But you're too uncomfortable to spend your money. Well... Now you're a, now you're a hypocrite, Taylor. You're a hypocrite. This is like how I talk to myself in my head. <laughs> you're a hypocrite. I'm like, word. And then I was like, basically it was like, you're gonna buy a car tomorrow. I was like, oh damn, for real. <laughs> so I um I go out to eat with my friend every Sunday. Um like so we like catch up on each other's weeks. We meet up, I just get some like grilled chicken and some vegetables, you know. And we just talk for a little while. And um, while we're, he sells cars. So I find this car on his lot. And I'm like, bro, I want to buy this car. It's like this awesome silver Cadillac. And it's, so they open up Sunday morning. So it's Sunday night, Monday morning, they open up. And I'm like, what time do you guys open up? What time are you going to be there? I'll be there. He's like, 9 o'clock. I'm like, I'm there at 9 sharp. So I show up to get this car. I'm like, I'm ready to buy. Like, I need to get myself out of my comfort zone. I don't like, so I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm operating purely off intuition. This day, 
this entire day I operated completely out of intuition. Like no, no logic, no, just pure intuition, whatever, like whatever that intuitive feeling was telling me to do, I just did it. And so he pulled the car up, I'm looking at it, and then there's this crack in the in the dash where like with the backup camera and stuff like that. And I'm like, bro, I can't buy this. Like, this is gonna like tell my subconscious, like you made a bad mistake. I made, yeah. I was like, I can, I need to get something like baller that's boss. It's gonna like reinforce positive, uh, positive mindset. Cause it's less about the car and what I'm buying. It was more about the mindset behind what I was doing. So like, it's not telling myself the right thing. So then I start looking. So my old self would have been like, I guess I'm not supposed to buy a car today. I would have, I would have stopped. But since I'm operating off intuition, it's like, no, I need to get a car today. Need to do a car today because that's the most uncomfortable thing for me to do right now. So then I start looking for another car, and I used to work at this car dealership. Um, I found a car that at a car dealership I used to work at, and I used to get bullied and hazed at this car dealership terribly. And I was like, oh man, that'd be so awesome to buy a car, especially like how many now. And then I was like, and then that, you know, intuition was like, you got to buy it from the person that bullied you the most because it still works there. So <laughs> then I go to like, look at the meet the team thing and I'm scrolling through, scrolling through and I found them. Like, oh, he's a manager. Great. So then I look for his direct number. I call his direct number. And I, like, I'm calling that shit. And it's ringing, ringing. And then he answers like, kind of, what a bitch. And he goes, I'm not going to say anything. Um, he goes, thank you for calling uh, the dealership. How can I direct your call? And I was like, yeah, I'm looking for so-and-so. And he's like, uh, this is. I was like, hey, motherfucker. I was like, it's Taylor Vitale. Remember me, bitch? And he's like, oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's that. I was like, it's that bitch used to fucking bully back in the day. I'm like, I'm a fucking man now. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Recorded line, sir. Recorded line. And I'm like, Fuck your recorded line. I'm ready to buy a fucking car. So I was like, <laughs> can you tell me about this document? Like, this is just intuition. This was uncomfortable for me to do. I am like, I'm not always, I'm not that harsh now. <laughs> but something was just telling me to fucking do it. So I give him this document. He goes, looks at the car, tells me some information about the car. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to come in and look at it. I have it ready for him. He's like, okay, I got you. You can ask for me. Um, so you don't have to do with any other salespeople. I'm like, okay, word, I got you. So I get in there, um, we talk, I, I tell them a little bit about my story and we have a good dialogue. Like I'm not in there to just be a dick the whole time. But the cool thing was, I'm gonna get that, that would be really story. But anyways, I look at the car, I like the car. It's just like Acura sports car, kind of like a T-L-S-H-D-R or some, something like that. <laughs> it's a fast Acura. And I'm like, I'm ready to buy it. I'm ready to buy this one. And then he passes me off to the salesperson. And uh, they appraised my car, which is a 2010 Ford Fusion, 140,000 miles on it. Trade value um, was approximately like 1500 bucks. Fair trade. They asked me what I want to get for the car. And I'm like, I used to sell cars. I know the name of the game. I ain't saying shit. I go, no. I don't know. So the guy goes, oh, okay. And he 
goes off, gets the numbers, comes back. It took like a half hour to get these numbers. I'm just like, oh my gosh, holy shit. I walk around, ready by this car. Can you guys hurry up? Comes back with the numbers, shows me the numbers, and then he goes, yeah, we can give you $250 for your trade. And I'm like, what? And he's like, huh? I, we're going to give you 250 for your trade. And I was like, fuck that shit. It's like 250 It's worth more than that. And he's like, well, it is in rough shape. And I'm like, dude, I know my car's a piece of shit. I was like, but it's not that much of a piece of shit, bro. I was like, I'm fucking out of here. Uh, uh, so I like grab my jacket and I'm leaving. Um, he's like, whoa, whoa. He's like, um, he's like, wait, wait. Can we talk about the numbers? I'm like, no, you guys are obviously that shady. Like, I can't trust anything you guys say after this point. If you're going to give me $250 for a car, you can still get 50,000 miles out of. Like, it's worth way more than scrap. So, like, I put my jacket on, and I feel for my keys. I don't have my keys. They held on to my keys. Like, I'm not going to leave. And I'm like, I'm like, like, where are my keys, bro? I was like, where are my keys, bro? Where are my keys? And he's like, he's like, I was like, give me my fucking keys. And he's like, well, Brian has a Brian. I was like, go get him for fucking Brian then. And I started barking <laughs> at him a little bit too much. And then he kind of like broke down. He's like, you go get him. And I was like, oh. okay. I was like, I great. I fucking will. And I just like walked it. I think it's said his name. Oh, well. Nobody knows the dealership or anything. Okay, so I walk in, I snag my keys. Like, I just give him a desk there. And I'm like, I'm walking out. Like, and as I'm walking out, Basically, what has happened at that point was I was in an environment where I used to get bullied, where I used to get beat down. And I literally, when I walked through that door, like, I pulled everybody's card. No one could say nothing to me. And it was, like, reinforcing, like, you're him now. Like, you don't have to worry. You don't have to be bullied. You don't have to be berated. You don't have to be beat. You're a resilient man now. So then I get to the point where I'm like in my car and I'm like, oh, my. I was like, I really gotta buy something to show these motherfuckers like what the fuck's up. And um, so then I go to courtesy where Will works. Will, you're a beast. If you see this, thank you. Um. So, oh, I gotta put that. Will, you're a beast. <laughs> thank you. Um. So I'm looking at this used Jeep. It was kind of okay. And then Brittany was like, so as I'm looking at the Jeep, so I go to courtesy, look at the Jeep. I'm I'm just ready to buy. I'm driving the Jeep, this used Jeep, and Brittany mentioned like if you look at the new one, we can get you, we can get you in one of those as well. I'm like, man, that's really that's gonna stretch me a lot, and I don't want to get stretched out that much. But I am seeking discomfort. So I was like. <laughs> Pull that one up. I guess I'll take a look at it. And um, I was taking a look at that one, and I was driving it. And uh, as I was driving it up, like I just felt like a boss, like Taylor. Like the intuition, like you need to get this one. And then, so before I start this part of the story, for two weeks before this happened, I've been trying to figure out how to get on a podcast. Like uh, my coach that's going to help me set up my service is talking about getting on, like me start getting on podcast. So I was like, I've been trying to figure out how to get on podcast. And uh, 
So I'm getting ready to buy the Jeep. And then I see your brother Will. And we're signing paper papers. And I'm like, at first I'm kind of like sitting back. It's kind of like feeling him out. And um it's like I start getting that vibe, you know, he's a cool dude. So I, I start like getting in that flow with him and start talking to him. And then I start telling him about how I'm not there to actually buy the car. I'm actually here. It's not even about the car. Like, fuck the car. I'm here to like get like discomfort because I don't want to spend my money. And I'm telling people to be uncomfortable, but I'm not practicing what I, I wasn't practicing what I'm preaching. So I'm here to practice what I preach. And he was just like, damn. And then I like shoot a quick video with him and I post it. And uh, like after signing the paperwork, he goes, man. My brother would really love to probably connect with you. Like, do you mind if I connect him with you? And like, for a second, like before he said anything, I was like in my head because a lot of people have been trying to connect with me now that now that I've become this. Like a lot of people that try to suck my energy. Mm. I'm like another energy vampire. And then he goes, <laughs> he goes, yeah, he has a podcast, and he'd probably love to have you on it. And I'm like. My jaw dropped. My I went. I was like, "What you say, bro?" <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> I was like, and then he's like, "He has a podcast in, in Lansing. He probably loves to have you on." And I'm like, "Dude, I've been trying to get on a podcast for like two weeks. I'd love to do that." And it's like, it's so crazy how the universe life can just happen for you when you take the risks and you do things um operating out of your intuition and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone things can happen for you and it's like how this wouldn't have happened if i didn't push myself out of my comfort zone and i didn't even yeah. try for this to happen it just happened it was such a beautiful thing yeah it's amazing yeah that's was, so cool it just like blew my mind i was like does, <laughs> does this like stuff happen all the time i don't know well and the cool thing about that is like this probably won't be your first podcast like that I will connect you with because I know several people that have podcasts. I'm down to that, all, all the podcasts, all of them, all of them. All of them. So, you know, that, and that's something that, you know, I could help, help set up for you. So like, I mean, that's amazing. Right. Yeah. That, 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 that even happened. Yeah. I was just like, that's why my job, I was like, I've been, and I didn't tell him anything about podcast. I did. No one knew. I was the only person that knew that I wanted to get on a podcast. I didn't tell anybody. Wow. I think I told my mom and like some people at work that I wanted to. But like when I was buying the car, my sole focus when I was buying cars, I was buying cars. I didn't know these people other than Brittany. Wow. So like literally, Will had no idea. That's crazy. It's like, and then he just said, I was like, dude no way like my mind was so blown that's amazing and, and and that goes back to stepping out of your comfort zone and doing the things that you don't want to do but doing them anyways because you said you said you would yeah so if i didn't like if i quit at the first car if i didn't walk because my old self probably would have negotiated with those people you know because like right I would have been mad and upset internally, but I would have been too uncomfortable to just leave. Right. But I was like, no, you guys, like, that 
like how you're doing business is not congruent with me at all. I gotta get out of here. Right. I need to go to a place that I'm congruent with. And then I went to a place that obviously was congruent with me, or else this wouldn't even have happened in, in, as well. Right. I was congruent with buying the right vehicle, congruent uh, when I was signing paperwork with Will. And then um, the, the universe just kind of unfolded for me. That's so amazing. Yeah. That's so amazing. That's such a cool story. I love that. Yeah. I love that you shared that. I wanted to open this back up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll close with it. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor, thanks again for doing this. This was a lot of fun. You'll definitely be back, and we'll hook you up with some other podcasts. I appreciate it. Yeah, Thank absolutely, man. Thanks for doing this. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you. All right. See you, everybody.